0: Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast, The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. Hosts Dr. Joe Salustio, Elizabeth Leiba, and producer Elvin Freitas bring you the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. We explore innovations, ideas, and issues in higher education and beyond, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. Now let's get to it.
1: The higher education marketplace is changing fast, and it can be challenging to stay up to date while ignoring the noise. The Evolution is the only source of opinions and insights directly from college and university leaders on the bleeding edge of transformation. We have three L's in our name, and they stand for lifelong Learning, which is central to our vision for higher education's future. The Evolution is completely free to access, and new articles and interviews are published daily. To subscribe to our weekly newsletter, visit evolutionwith3ls.com slash subscribe. Again, that's evolutionwith3ls.com slash subscribe.
0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education and beyond. We'd like to have just a tad bit of fun along the way. At least I do. I'm not sure about Liz. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, My name is Dr. Joe Salustio, always with me. She's better known as the Phenom. I think we shed her last name in 2020. Liz, how are you?
2: Liz, that sounds like what everybody actually throughout my life has done. So I'm usually known as Liz. So. I can't well,
0: we've got we've got stuff we've got to work out, Liz. You with your Zoom skills is I think it's well documented at this point that uh, you have challenges. Your cha- Zoom challenge. I
2: have a lot of challenges. Zoom only is one of the challenges. <laughs> that I'm right now.
0: I also have a number of challenges. One being. Apparently, how to use this high-priced microphone that I have. Uh, yeah, uh, I,
2: you're getting a lot of notes about that.
0: I, I get heard. notes from our producer, Alvin Freitas. Too close, too far. It's not working. It's working great. And you know, recently, Liz, I tagged you in a, in a LinkedIn post where this gentleman, one of us was connected to, I don't know who, he happened to be traveling and he set up his microphone and computer at the, at the hotel desk and he took cushions from the couch and put a cushion on the left and a cushion on the right and a cushion in the middle. And he put a blanket over the top to make, you know, a sound, a sound reducing barrier. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try that this morning. So before, you know, the day got started, I grabbed my pillows from my bed. I put a pillow on there. I did. Okay. I'll I'll take a picture of it. Pillow on the left, pillow on the right. And I just thought, man, this is ridiculous. Um, The blanket that I had draped over the pillows kept falling down over my head. And I just (laughs) It, it was, you know, it was like building a fort. And I said, you know what? I'm too old for this. So I'm if just going to get a
2: picture of you with the blanket draped over your head. I will pay like a hundred dollars for that. It's like, it was like
0: a NyQuil commercial where I was supposed to come out with the humidifier and, you know, going, oh, I need NyQuil underneath, the, you know, underneath the blanket. But so it didn't work. It didn't work, Liz. Aww. So whatever the audio sounds like, Elvin, that's just going to be what it is today. So, okay. so then. You
2: sound great to me. All
0: right. Well, Maybe. you sound good to me. Well, let's bring in our guest who also sounds great. And he's got a lot to talk about. And I've been. I've been uh, lucky enough to have a chat with him, and we're so excited to have him here on the Edup Experience. And his name is Cooper Jones, and he is CEO and founder of RaRa. Cooper, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. And thank you, Liz, for having me uh, and really looking forward to the conversation. Um, big thing to note is a co-founder. So I do have a partner oh, okay, to highlight uh, their work and all the great work that they do, as well as the rest of the team. Uh, but nonetheless, really, really excited and thankful to be here.
0: So smart. So the co-founder doesn't go, "Hey, man, you didn't mention me on the show." So that's well, well done there. We have co-founders here at the Edip Experience too, which uh, Elvin and, and Liz and myself. So I understand how that goes. Cooper, uh, uh, most important startups are
3: team sport, So exactly, gotta acknowledge them. Uh,
0: most important question I have for you today is: Do you currently have uh, blankets or pillows around you to reduce <laughs> your noise?
3: Uh, I do not. I do not. They're nearby as uh, I am. Uh, remote, we ended our office lease back in April, uh, which we were thankful that the lease came up then. And so I've been working from my bedroom in New York City for the past 11 months, and uh, I guess about 10 months, and uh, thankfully not going crazy just yet. But I will give a fair warning that if my dog does barge in uh, and give some barks, that may be uh, a guest appearance of sorts.
0: Uh, it's okay. I don't know how to use this microphone. So we're on a level playing field.
3: Uh, okay,
1: apparently. Good. So-
0: well, Cooper, you know, we, we wanted to have you on. You and I had uh, what I thought was a very interesting, enlightening and important conversation about Rara and what you do. And I feel lucky to have had that conversation with you. And I thought, you know what? We need to really bring you on so you can talk to the broader higher ed audience about what you do at Rara. So dive in for me. What is Rara? Why is it important? And why do we need to know about it? <laughs>
3: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I appreciate uh, the soapbox being laid out for me. Um, But, you know, really simply put, is a utility, we set out upon a mission early on to build one centralized place for every single student and many other stakeholders at a higher education uh, institution or campus really serves on a day-to-day basis. And when we think about that, The best way and why we call it a community engagement system is to think about a college campus or a digital campus as a community with two sides, one being this fluid and diverse and beautiful population of students, of employees, of alumni, of prospective students, and even of the general public. And that campus, whether it be, again, digital or in real life, really does serve as an anchor in the midpoint. And on the other side, you have really static services, resources, offerings, and opportunities. And our job, you know, in a fairly straightforward way to put it is that we make the space between smarter for that institution and more simple for those stakeholders. Uh, We recognized that today's student has changed both in demographic and in expectations. And we exist to delight them and to serve them uh, and to make the institution that much stronger. Um, you know, admittedly, as we've all experienced and as what you all have talked about a lot, uh, really, since the Add up Experience podcast started is how much higher education has changed over the last few months. And we are really, really thankful to be in a position to be of service and to help. Um, you know, one of the things that we always said early on and strove to do was to not be or be seen as a vendor. I believe that the higher education space doesn't need another vendor. They need partners. and As a technology company, when you put yourself into the shoes as a partner, a lot of really, really great things can happen, both in the sense of innovation, but also in the sense of value. And so because of that partnership mindset, we are in a position where we can go to any institution in America and the institutions that we are working with today are are really diverse uh, and say to them and provide them with a solution that furthers their core mission Uh, And increasing equitability, accessibility, communication, student success, and engagement, and provide that at little to no cost, all the while providing each institution with new and meaningful revenue streams on day one. Um, So we're really, really excited by that and thankful for it, and just humbled uh, by the last year and uh, the opportunity that we have in front of us to serve.
0: Did you just say new revenue stream on day one? Just want to make sure. <laughs> okay, well, yes. that, uh, that that sticks out to me because any type of software vendor, whatever you want to call it, you know, generally there's there's an upfront investment, there's time, there's you prove the model, figure out what the ROI is, you know, if you can, you know, so so you're saying really one of the most important value propositions of Ra Ra is the fact that universities, whoever engages in a partnership with you, is going to realize some ROI right from the beginning.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the main ones. You know, we believe that our core focus is positively impacting the student experience first and foremost. And so that's our number one priority. Um, But because of that priority, we realized that there were organic and most importantly, ethical ways uh, to monetize uh, for an institution. So not through selling data or anything ridiculous like that. We grew up uh, not liking Facebook for that reason. So we don't want to be like that. Uh, But really through organic ways and essentially extending our capabilities and services to provide that much more relevancy to our users and campuses and ultimately being able to generate revenue because of that.
0: Liz, I know you speak in your language, accessibility, partnerships, engagement, all of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is really fascinating for me because I think one of the things that has always somewhat frustrated me in the pivot to online learning because I've been in the online learning space for so long is that that always seems to be the missing piece. It's like we're able to deliver the coursework and we're able to create uh, as far as the connections with the faculty, uh, hopefully with the learning management system but that that um, community aspect or the engagement as far as the students being able to replicate um, what they are able to do in a typical campus setting is uh, something that is a little bit more challenging. So can you kind of give us some examples. When you're thinking about the idea of community engagement, um, improving that, is it like in a social media um, environment? Is it more like um, finding ways to incorporate all the different systems across the campus so the students have access? Is it like one-stop shop? Like how does that exactly function? Because I'm really curious as to like the practical aspects of what it does in um, real terms for the student
3: experience. absolutely. You know, the simplest way to put it is, you know, going back to my experience, uh, I'm a proud alum of Oklahoma State University, loved every second of being on that campus and- The
0: Cowboys, yeah?
3: Indeed, yeah, go Pokes. Uh, But the reality is, is that Oklahoma State never really had to worry about me. You know, day one, I had my big sister on that campus. uh, Thank the Lord for a lot of different reasons. She kept me in line. Um, But on day one, there was someone there that was able to tell me and guide me and saying, this is where this is. This is how this works. This is what you would be interested in. And not every student has that privilege. And that's especially the case today when you think about where all the growth and enrollment is, because it is non-traditional students. It is first-generation students, or it is online learners. And so all of these students, they need to have a relevant experience. And it's something that they expect. And when they arrive on most campuses today, there are 50 different websites or platforms or applications um, or even just offline methods that they have to navigate. And that's really, really challenging and ultimately disappointing. And what that creates on the institutional side is a really disparate and siloed data set. And so there's so much data that can be provided and seen in real time to help an institution be that much more effective. But it takes years or it takes time and it takes money and it takes effort because you're pulling from so many different places. And so by having that one centralized source of truth both from an experiential perspective and from a data perspective, we can really start making an impact on the things that matter. And you know what I think it's important to highlight is on a few different fronts. One, when we started this out, we recognized that there are a lot of engagement platforms out there, but a majority of them are missing the mark. And the reality is, is that a student can't engage in something if they don't know about it, if they don't understand it. And so you have to solve the communication problem before you even start tackling these engagement challenges. And when we move and look towards the current set of solutions that are trying to make an impact on engagement, we see that a vast majority of them are only focused on student organizations or university sanctioned and sponsored events, which don't get me wrong, are incredibly important and do contribute to the success of a student, but the reality is that they're nice to have. Students don't have to join an organization, they don't have to go to an event, but all the while they're engaging with that campus in so many more ways. And so that's why when starting out this conversation, I said that we built a utility. All of those different areas of engagement, whether it be the spin class on the campus or the academic advising appointment or the tutoring session or the office hours, all of these things are examples of what we call micro-engagement. And it's our job to make every single one of those as seamless as ordering a piece of pizza on Grubhub or booking a doctor's appointment on ZocDoc or whatever it may be. and so we're really, really excited by that. And the response thus far has been really positive. Uh, the reason that we, we're so humbled uh, by the last year, but also so thankful for the opportunity is the approach that we took. You know, higher education is a challenging reason. And for many ways, uh, it's for good reason. But what a lot of higher education technology companies make the mistake of is really trying to combat and break into that notoriously challenging sales cycle. And so inevitably these businesses while being so mission driven will build their solution blindly and they will build it quickly within the walls of their office just so they can get to that sales cycle in hopes of landing a couple of institutions and growing organically from there. And inevitably by taking that approach there's always a really large discrepancy between the promises made and the promises kept. And that's probably why You know, a lot of times when you're speaking to someone in the student affairs office, they roll your eyes when you say that you've got a brand new engagement platform because there's been a really challenging, you know, empirical evidence that they do make an impact. So we saw that and we saw that there were these really wonderful products and solutions and businesses that did the exact opposite. You know, the folks over at Instructure and the folks over at Workday what they did was they built in collaboration with higher education. They didn't—they weren't focused on revenue. They weren't focused on sales. They were focused on solving a problem. And by being really committed to building their solution on those campuses and collecting that insight and that feedback and critique at times, they ultimately earned validation and were able to kind of change the landscape of a certain different places. And that's exactly what we had done for the first two years of our existence, which is probably why most listeners haven't heard of RAW. Uh, it's because we weren't trying to you know, market, we weren't trying to sell, we were trying to build uh, the best possible solution that we could and are now fortunate in a place where it is what we believe to be a Cadillac solution that's uh, essentially free.
1: 2020 saw staggering levels of unemployment. And while higher education institutions generally see registration spikes during these times, degree enrollments went down. And that's because we're using an outdated playbook to respond to recessions. With the second wave on the horizon, we can expect to see unemployment go back up again. Is your institution ready to adapt? To learn how, download the white paper developed by the Evolution and Destiny Solutions. Visit evolution with 3 Ls.com/playbook to make sure your college is prepared for the future. Again, that's evolution with 3 Ls.com/playbook.
0: Okay, so let's uh let me just take what you said and distill it down just a little bit and tie it into. And Liz and I talk about this all the time in the show. I write articles about it. Now I'm doing clubhouse. Oh, I don't even cool know what a clubhouse? you it, it, It's fun. I, Liz, Liz got me in this thing. And like, I, you know, now me? people are, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yes, you, and, and and now I'm like, I you know what I'm gonna go listen to Liz. This you know I don't have the time to Clubhouse, so I get in there and then I. Well, got- I gotta,
3: I gotta. It is a fun little fact. Uh, through a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, that I met online, you know, during COVID and just different like innovation zooms and all this kind of stuff, uh, I got an invite to Clubhouse back in April. So oh I wow! Think I, was, I think I was user like number ninety something. Um, awesome. And so it's been so cool to see. You know, everyone. You know, it kind of blow up. Um, it's what an incredible piece of technology that is. Uh, it, r- it really, really is,
0: stuff. and I'm realizing that that uh, that if you don't follow me now, Cooper, I'm not going to release this episode of that Up Experience. So <laughs> that, that, that I can, of- I'm realizing yeah. that I can actually leverage followers. Uh, for myself you know my
3: my camera is not on but i am uh i'm throwing you all both a follow
0: right now see liz it can't so this is the way it works
3: works. maybe i can't
0: catch you on linkedin but i can threaten (laughs) followers (laughs) anyway uh the 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 point i was wanting to make is liz got me you know i started listening to her and then you know i start people started following me and then you know i think higher ed starts to catch on to this right it's a technology platform it's, it's exclusive or was at some level. Everybody gets on higher ed, slow to adopt. So there's early adopters within higher education. And so now I'm hooked up with some, some folks, one, uh, a gentleman named Matthew Alex, um, who, who we're, co- we're doing uh, co-moderated uh, talks now, right? And one of the things that keeps coming up, back to my original point, by the way, before I lost my train of thought, is higher ed is very competitive. And so now you have to decide as an institution what level of resource you're going to put in to enrolling students and, and catching up, whether it's online or on ground. One of the areas where you can leverage revenue and create more revenue for yourselves is in the retention process. Where if you have tools embedded in student affairs that are effective and allow you to prevent withdrawals and drops and frustration and uncertainty and all of these things, you can really increase revenue. Like that's that's been higher ed through... The ages, especially in the for-profit sector, really focused in on student retention. And Liz, you know this, as you work for profits. And so I'm looking at micro. Uh, what did you call micro trans? Uh, micro tracking.
3: Uh, just uh, micro engagement.
0: Micro engagements where I can see every little thing that the student is doing, every resource that that, or every every what, everything that they engage with at the university, whether it's the gym or the cafeteria or this or that. If I see someone not engaging in those assets. I might tie that, there might be a correlation to, I could have a student who doesn't feel engaged. Right. I mean, there's, it sounds so cool when you think about how it could really help with retention.
3: I, I agree. And, you know, just a few things to respond to that. One is there's a lot of data that is generated, but what's most important, especially with Generation Z is that you are transparent about that and you give them some level of legitimate and authentic control. Uh, You know, it was in 2019, I believe, that there was a few different scathing articles and some big, big publications about tracking data. And that really came from uh, that the students didn't know about it. And so you have to be transparent, you have to be authentic, and you have to give them some level of control. But once you accomplish that, then there's trust. And once there's trust, you can start what we say is being more proactive in a reactive way. And so having the ability as an academic advisor to see that Jane Doe visited the financial aid office or page a hundred times that month before that meeting. Well, that gives that academic advisor that much more you know, ability or clarity to say, hey, maybe Jane needs uh, some financial aid. And you know, what we think about is, and I think a lot, of, a lot of businesses and solutions have forgotten this is that retention is a symptom. It's not a cause and if we start treating retention as a symptom then we can really start solving you know this long-standing problem one of the one of the probably the greatest compliment that we have received from one of our partners is you know these students were just loving what we had built and we we're so excited and thankful for that but the vice president of the student affairs came to me and said cooper you know it's amazing what this solution is and the experience that it provides but What you don't realize this enables us to do is for the last 20 years, we have invested so much money and time and resources into different things. And we felt great about all of those things, but we had no idea if we were actually doing good. And raw raw changes that for us. We go from feeling good to knowing that we're doing good. And that's really, really valuable.
0: I love that. Liz?
2: I guess my question would be, and you know, Joe, I always have to ask this, as a little bit of a skeptic as being in higher education for so long is you're very passionate about this. And I love this because it's such a need. And it's something that is, we all Joe and I always talk about a lot of this, as far as that frictionless and being able to create an environment that the Gen Zs will actually be able to, um, find value in. And I think that they're, uh, their needs and wants and and their digital natives and, and my daughter's 22. So I saw a lot of how she processed the whole idea of going to college and what she got out of college. So different from how I processed going to a huge state school, much like yourself. And do you see that higher ed is Embracing this kind of technology. Are they embracing this idea of incorporating these types of tools to to create these kinds of environments for students. I think sometimes the thing that Joe and I talk about is that higher ed has typically been a little bit slower to change. When, it, when we're talking about adopting new technologies or when we're talking about the whole idea, Joe talks about the whole idea of retention and and how we address those types of needs as far as making the student experience itself a lot more central to what we do in serving the student. What has been your experience of what have, you know, what is the feedback that you're getting from students and what is the feedback that you're getting from the campuses that are early adopters and even the campuses where you're approaching them? How are they um, processing and navigating um, incorporating your technology and um, what are some of the, one of the, some of the takeaways that you're getting from some of those conversations?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it comes down to expectations and prioritizations. And it is my opinion that the many folks that do serve students on an everyday basis, whether that be on the instructional side or on the student affairs or life side, or really any side are doing an incredible job. And they're innovating and they're creating new programming and they're adding and investing in more centers of service and all these sorts of things. And where the challenges actually come from, in my opinion, is uh, the technology providers. Um, And I don't fault them for that, but so many technology providers, their prioritization or their priority, excuse me, is the administrator, it is the coordinator to the director to the vice president, all the way up. And the reason being is because those are the folks cutting the check. And so if those are the folks that are paying for the solution, then that's the feature, those are the features that need to be prioritized. And we understood early on that our number one stakeholder had to be the student. We had to do a really good job of saying no and asking the question during our design partner program, does that feature impact the five or 10 people in an office or does that impact the thousands of students on campus? And when you put feature development and product design into that context, the answer becomes pretty clear where the priority should go, at least for us. And that was to the student. Now, that did present challenges because administrators and coordinators, directors, and everyone you know above and below in a lot of different solutions really like what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so it was our job to build a solution that could communicate and integrate with those you know current processes some of which are really really wonderful others there's room for improvement um but you know that was our job we wanted to be uh, the voice of the student we wanted to be uh, the advocate of the student from a technological perspective and that's why the name of the business is rara and not student life system incorporated or something like that as because we wanted to be and will continue to be student first um, and that commitment of being student first is really morphed us into being user 1st Where now institutions have come to us and said hey our students love this we see the value in this for our students but we want to use this. We as employees of this institution have many different rights and access to so many different things and it's a nightmare for us, our alumni our the public that we claim to serve as an anchor of and so we will continue and always will be student first and that's really paid its dividends. Uh, and we're really excited and thankful for that.
0: Yeah. That, that's really, I, I like the name, you know, I like how you bring it around to the name, uh, you know, Rah, Rah, it makes you never, it reminds you of your mission 24 seven, right? It's,
3: yeah. Well, and to be honest with you, the trademark was available too. So that helps. Well, that's good. That
0: that, that always helps. Um, you know, look at uh, I think that in the space where we live now in higher education, in my opinion, the 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 technology available is going to be a big differentiator in survive and thrive for higher education. And so I am committed as is Liz, Elvin, and now our our sub um, our our other I don't even know what you call them Liz other podcast versions. We have the EdUpEdTech Tech. Uh, and at UpEdge Australia versions where we're going to really be focusing. Sp-
2: spin offs, maybe? Spin um, offs, spin-offs? yeah.
0: Spin offs yeah, spin-offs is good. So, you know, really focusing on what institutions can do to help themselves. And so, you know, how do, if somebody's interested right now, how to get a hold of you, where to go if they're interested in this piece of technology, how to get a demo, what do they need to do to find out more about Rara?
3: Yeah. And, you know, before getting into that, I think it's important to touch on something that you just said that is really, really important. Um, You know, the last year has not been easy for any of us, whether it be those that are on y'all's side of the desk uh, and being in the higher education space or mine, where we serve the higher education space. You know, we admittedly all got kicked in the teeth pretty good. And, you know, it's at a time when, you know, what we've always said to ourselves is rather than asking why did, why did this happen to me? We asked ourselves, why did this happen for me? Why did this happen for us? And what we believe is that if we can think, all of us collectively, in that frame of mind, then this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to lean into the digital age and to thrive. Um, between now and 2026, when the impending and scary enrollment cliff monster is coming, um, we can it's make it coming a change and we can really, really uh, propel higher ed into the future. And um, we're just thankful to be in a place where we can do that at a time when it's needed most, at a time when the student experience is, you know, has a light shined upon it and really, really needs to kind of been increased in its value and in its visibility. Um, And at a time when, you know, budgets are strapped and institutions are challenged uh, financially. And we can, you know, and we're thankful that we've moved ourselves from being a line item on a cost center to being a line item on the revenue side, all the while doing so with a really, really wonderful product that was built organically on campuses uh, with the student and with impact in mind. Um,
0: By the way, every CEO, just their ears went, what? A line item on a on an expense to a line item on a revenue? Boom.
3: It's, it's fairly different. Um, and we're, you know, the thing is, is how we do that are you know, in ways that th- there are already things that are happening on higher education, you know, in, in higher education, excuse me, but it, they're just really, really challenging. Uh, and there's so much more value uh, that can be driven and revenue that can be driven. And that's kind of why we exist from at least from that aspect. Um, and so, you know, what I would say is that any institution that would be interested in learning more, uh, reach out to me, uh, you know, it could be by um, mail pigeon. It could be by mail. It could be by email, by phone call. Uh, we work, uh, you know, 24 hours a day lately. Uh, given uh, some of the growth that we're experiencing right now, and we're just so humbled by that and thankful for it. Um, but what's more, opportunity and what gets us exciting is any opportunity there. It's an opportunity for us to improve. It's an opportunity for us to learn and for us to get better. Uh, that's one thing that'll never change, even though the quote-unquote design partner program phase of our business has ended, uh, we are constantly going to iterate, we're constantly going to improve and constantly going to evolve. Any technology company that says, great, there's a product, it's done, uh, you should hang up the phone or run. Uh, You know, (laughs) all technology companies need to constantly be changing and iterating and improving. And so those conversations and those partnerships are not just great from what the product does today, but they're great because it's, it's good evidence for what we can do better and how we can improve and make more of an impact in the future.
0: Liz, you want to give them the final two?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We really enjoyed this conversation. I think it speaks to the heart of everything that we want to see in higher education is continue to evolve, continue to find solutions that really focus what you said resonated with me as far as not focusing on administration or focusing on all these other different elements, but really focusing on the heart of what we're there to do. We're here to serve the students. And I think if we really really reimagine or or recenter our focus, then it's going to really help higher education to evolve and continue to um, pivot and move in the right direction. So we want to be um, cognizant of your time. We really thank you for spending this time with us. Just ask you if there's anything that we didn't talk about, anything that you wanna mention, anything that we need to know as we wrap up today and also what you see as a future for higher education?
3: Um, I think the simplest way to put it is that if you were to go on the internet and look at any institution's strategic initiatives or strategic plan over the next four or five or 10 years, they're always changing as far as timeframes go, um, you will consistently see something about improving the student experience and providing that sense of belonging and that sense of relevancy to every single student no matter who they are where they're coming from um, or what it is that they're interested in and what they're seeking value for and what we are excited about is that we can change those from being strategic initiatives to being realities Um, and you know what I will say is that we are very student first and student focused but Uh, Fortunate to uh, we've seen that we are also making administrators lives a heck of a lot easier as well in a few different ways, uh, whether that be the workflows of the data. So it's important to acknowledge that. uh, And more importantly, it's important to acknowledge the, the past year and the incredible work and the amount of resiliency and grit shown from folks like yourselves and, you know, everyone else that is working in and committed to the higher education space. Uh, It motivates us. It drives us. It's why we're in this space in the first place is because there's so much value. And ultimately, you know, the higher education space in America is a differentiating factor. And so we need to protect it. We need to foster it. And we need to enable it and grow it. And we are thankful to be a partner in that process.
0: Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Edup experience. To learn more about the Edup Experience, please visit our website at www.edupexperience.com and subscribe to our email list. Please share this podcast, head over to Apple, and please give us a rating and review. We appreciate your feedback. And of course, subscribe to the Edup Experience so you're notified when our episodes drop. Here at the Edup Experience, our goal is to make education your business. Thanks for listening.